are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find Locked On Yankees on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stay Scotts. We also have an Instagram account at Locked On Yankees, all one word. Please leave comments on any of those accounts. Just please be nice. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It is part two of my crossover with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. And we have an interesting conversation about what it's like to sit through a championship drought. Obviously, it's a lot different for Yankee fans than it is for Pirates fans, but I thought it was an interesting conversation and I wanted to post it. And we talk about other stuff, obviously, but that was the main takeaway. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees, Locked On Pirates, and all Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So let's jump right into the conversation. You can rant all you want because I, I spent the first, I don't know, two or three weeks after the Yankees were eliminated uh, complaining about what they did in game two against the Rays. <laughs> and our colleague Sully loves when I rant because, you know, if I'm unhappy, that means the Yankees aren't doing well. Um, so I'm all about ranting on our shows because sometimes it can be therapeutic if you rant about things that your team's doing or not doing. Um, for me, I was just annoyed (laughs) because the Yankees tried to be like the Rays in that game. Like they were all, we're playing the Rays. Let's do what they do and put someone out for one inning and then we'll bring Jay Happen, who doesn't like coming into games that he isn't starting. And we know this, but we're still going to do it. Instead of starting Masahiro Tanaka, your clear number two starter in game two. If Tanaka loses game two, oh well. But they basically handed that game to the Rays. They're like, here, take it. We'll, we'll make the series 1-1. There you yep. go. <laughs> and so, as a like lower payroll i guess like not big bait like big baseballs i don't even know what you would call it like a lower market mm-hmm. um it's very interesting to see teams like that like even now like who would have ex- like Sully always jokes how can you ever buy players when the big market san diego padres are taking everybody and the it's pi- like i hope the pirates a couple years from now kind of take what teams like even Chicago did a couple years ago. Chicago did what we're doing right now, not even a decade ago. Right. People don't realize that. And it ended in them winning one world series, albeit they're rebuilding again, but I would honestly take winning a world series and then saying, okay, like we can rebuild again. I mean, I think of all the sports moments and baseball is obviously going to be my favorite sport to watch. And I'm a big Pittsburgh fan. I've seen the Penguins win two Stanley Cups in the last seven years. I mean, it's great. 
I've seen the Steelers win two Super Bowls in my lifetime, and they compete every year for a Super Bowl or what, or the playoffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a Clippers fan. They're competing right now in basketball. But I think arguably the best moment in my life, if it ever happens, is going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates winning a World Series. Just because I can say that I was sitting there when this team was losing and going 19 and 41 or 53 and 100 and whatever. And it's going to be bittersweet, I think, too. Right. It's going to be like a weight lifted off their shoulders. Well, I can, I can uh, vouch for that feeling because I'm quite a bit older than you. I turned seven in 1981. So my first memory clear memory of the Yankees because I don't really remember 77 and 78. I was only three and four. I cried myself to sleep the night the Yankees lost the World Series to the Dodgers. So that was my first main memory of baseball. They didn't win the World Series until 1996 when I was 22 years old. And for the Yankees at that point, that was a pretty big drought for them to not even, you know, they didn't make the playoffs for a while. And they finally, you know, when they made it to the wild card, or they won the wild card and they made it to the division series. That was such a big deal for people my age because we went our entire childhood, basically, not seeing them make the playoffs. And 95 was heartbreaking, but then it led to 96 and 98 and 99 and 2000 and 2001, even though that was a losing World Series, they still made it to the ninth inning of the seventh game of the World Series. Then everyone my age got spoiled because we were used to them constantly making the World Series, mostly winning. And then when the 2000s started happening and they were throwing all this money at guys like Jarrett Wright and Carl Pavano and even Randy Johnson, old Randy Johnson and other people like that, it was like, what is Steinbrenner doing? He's losing his mind, which we came to find out was true. And since then, I've come to appreciate the 90s so much more now than when I was experiencing it, if that makes sense. Um, Because it was just, it was so odd that they went so long without doing anything. And then it was like, it wasn't stopping. And then when it did stop, it was just so abrupt and not a fun feeling, (laughs) if that makes sense. But that first championship, oh my God, the feeling, the euphoria, you you know, I remember every moment from watching Charlie Hayes catch the ball. I was in a bar in Oswego, New York, because I was up at school. Unbeknownst to me, my dad had an extra ticket for me because him and my brother were at the actual game, and I still will not ever forgive my mother for not telling me that I could have been at Game 6 of the World Series. But anyway, um, I was sitting in front of a TV with my friend Brenda. We set up two seats, and we were watching the game, and a bunch of people gathered around us because they realized we were focusing, laser focusing on the World Series. Charlie Hayes makes the catch. They all flip out. I jump up out of my seat. This guy, whose name I still don't remember, picks me up, twirls me around. Everyone's going nuts. And it was just such a feeling of, oh, my God, they finally did it. Because I had to sit through the Mets winning in 86, which was not fun for me because um, (laughs) my homeroom teacher that year, I was in seventh grade, he was a Mets fan. And he asked everyone at the beginning of the the year, (laughs) who do you root for? (laughs) And everyone said Mets except for me and my friend Andy. (laughs) Nice. And he tortured the two of us. (laughs) 
the entire time <laughs> until the Mets won. He even like he drew the Mets logo on one blackboard and he had the countdown, like how many games they needed to win and then how many games until they win the World Series. It, it was just it was a horror show. So when the Yankees finally won in, in 96, it was just oh, like I want that for you. I want you to feel that. I really do. I want Pirates fans to know what that feels like to finally win. Um, it probably wasn't as much of a relief as it was for Cubs fans, but you know, when your team goes through a huge drought and you see the team making mistakes over and over and over again, and then they finally, thanks to Steinbrenner being suspended for a couple of years, start making smart moves that lead to the team winning. Maybe we just need nutting to something to happen to nutting so we can't do things. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to like root for that kind of thing, but I mean, we also just saw, and it's kind of crazy, like in Pittsburgh sports that Jim Rutherford just suddenly resigned yesterday from the Pittsburgh Penguins and he brought two Stanley Cups to this team when nobody expected him to. In a moment, my conversation with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates continues, but first it's time for me to tell you all about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And I'm not the only one who thinks it. We got a box of 18 flavors. I had at least six flavors left. A few of them I wanted to try myself. And other people in the house ate them before I could even try them. Some of them were the new flavors. I wanted to try lemon almond cheesecake and didn't get to. <laughs> That's one of the six new flavors. Caramel brownie. I tried that. Really good. Cookies and cream. Really good. Cherry barcia. Didn't get to have that either. Um, carrot cake is a new one. Apple almond crisp is a new one. There are also 12 original flavors. And out of those original, I love coconut almond, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great if you want to lose or maintain weight. They're great if you're on the keto diet. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you go to Built Bar right now and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. So you don't have to be a first-time customer. You could be like me and have ordered there a few times prior. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. So this is the Locked On Yankees podcast, and I am a true New Yorker, meaning I do not drive nor do I own a car. But if you do, you should go to RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. 
We're covering everything you need to know about the Yankees, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. I really think, like, and if we're talking about great moments, I'd have to say still my best moment as a Pirates fan, and this is still sad because it just goes to the idea of how much this team hasn't won since I've, like, been coherent to baseball 2013 wild card against the reds will still be my favorite moment just because of the Cueto stuff oh yeah literally just like I've never seen a player drop a baseball on the mound because some like 35 40,000 people are just screaming his name at him over and over and over again and there's fun stories about that too because it worked that year the following year we played Bumgarner and I wasn't. I don't live in Pittsburgh, but I know people that went to that game. And they sent me pictures of a pamphlet, and it said, "Here's your nine inning chance to chant at Madison Bumgarner." <laughs> it was like personal shit, like oh, no. personal stuff. Like it was really wild. Obviously, Bumgarner didn't get phased by it. Pitched the game of his life, and we were like again out of the playoffs, and they go on to win the World Series. They did the same thing again to Jake Arrieta. And I'm like, guys, did you not learn your lesson last year? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Arietta goes out there, pitches a gem, and it happens again. But, I mean, it's like – it's wild to me that you could see how hyped up your fan base can get and can, like, rattle a player in the most beautiful ballpark in baseball, and you just haven't put a winning product on the field since then. Right. Right. And I want your I, thoughts on that too. Is PNC the most beautiful park in baseball? Cause it's definitely up there. Oh yeah. I've never been, but everyone I know who has been and it's on my list. I want to, I mean, I want to go to Pittsburgh for a couple of reasons. I need to try a Promanti brothers sandwich. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> and I would love to go to that ballpark. There was a few years back. Sabre had their meeting in Pittsburgh and I didn't have the money to go. And I was so bummed because I really wanted to make it there because yeah I love the view that the stadium has um with the bridge in the background and the buildings in the background um you know I I will go on record to say that not that I hate new Yankee Stadium because I like how new and clean it is even after 12 years it's still pretty clean um but I prefer City Field to Yankee Stadium Yankee Stadium is not good um they spent what 1.4 billion dollars on that stadium and it looks like they forgot that they needed to put monument park in there and they just stuffed it under the restaurant in center field and since it opened that has driven me absolutely nuts because monument park was big it was open you could fit a ton of people in there you could have like 50 people walking around Monument Park in the old stadium. And it was, you know, you had flowers in there. And, and not that there aren't flowers in Monument Cave right now, but it's just, it feels so closed in. And again, it felt like an afterthought. And, um, you know, the stadium itself, like the seats, people complain that it's not as loud as the old stadium. And that's true because the old stadium, the upper deck basically hung over the field. 
and all the crazies in the upper deck. I was one of them. I had season tickets up there for 10 years. Um, <laughs> all of our big mouths could be heard on the field. And that's why old Yankee Stadium was so intimidating when 57,000 people were in there because it was so loud. Does the new stadium get loud? Yes. If you watch the Raul game in 2012, when he hit the tying home run and the walk-off home run, that place went absolutely nuts and it was loud. But do I like new Yankee Stadium? No. PNC is like a hundred times better than new Yankee Stadium. And it upsets me that the richest team in baseball put out such a crappy stadium. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's crazy too, because everybody's always asking me, like, if they go to PNC, what are you like, what are you looking forward to? I said, Go to the Strip District, get your Permani Brothers sandwich, walk across the Clemente Bridge, which, in fact, I have tat tattooed on myself. It's a oh, nice. sleeve. And, um, I mean, it's the most, like, beautiful thing you'll see when you walk across the Allegheny. You get in the stadium, and I always say you have if you can go multiple times, you need to sit in right field because right field, you can literally turn around and walk up the stairs and look at the Allegheny River. You either you – know, uh, there's a – out a uh, right outfield spot well it's like third or first base side spot where they have all you can eat in the upper deck for 40 dollars a person nice which is amazing if you could sit behind home plate if you have that kind of money to get the entire view do it like either in the upper level or lower level but there's so many other things that go on at pnc park manny sanguian has a barbecue in pnc park that sits right behind center field and i'm sure you've probably seen that center field wall before because it's where one of our cameras is mm -hmm. there literally is smoke coming up from his barbecue the entire game because people love it so much well that's like, like uh in uh camden yards boog pal has his barbecue place out in center field and i met him the one time i was able to go to camden yards five years ago or six years ago i finally was able to make it there i love that stadium because that was one of the first new stadiums that popped up in the early 90s. And my friend got seats in the upper deck behind home plate. And just with the warehouse in the background and, you know, Utah Street. And, like, I love stadiums that have that kind of feel to them. Um, like your stadium with the Clemente Bridge in the background and the river and this and that. And, you know... I remember years ago, probably about 25 years ago, or no, maybe was it more than that? Probably more than that. All right, it was before the Yankees won, I believe. They were dying to get the Yankees out of the Bronx and put them in Manhattan. They had a site picked out in the west side where the rail yards are. And now that's all built up and everything. Um, part of me didn't want them to move out of the Bronx because they're the Bronx bombers. And then there was this tiny little part of me that thought it would have been so cool if they put the stadium in Manhattan with, you know, you could see the Empire State Building or you could see the Chrysler Building, depending on how high up on the west side it would be. And I thought that would be so fantastic to have it in Manhattan with the skyline surrounding it. But I don't know. I think I prefer the Bronx. I just wish the background was a little better. <laughs> but I'm glad that they stayed in the isn't Bronx. The main, like, isn't the main like thing in the background like a trainway? Like, I, I, am I wrong when I say that? Oh, yeah. Well, you can't really see the train. You see it through um, where the stadium ends and the scoreboard begins. There's a bit of a space there and you can see the train run through there, but you can't really see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been bad because it's New York. You want to see the subway. That's one of the mainstays of being in, like, if you come to New York, you need to ride the subway because that's, it's legendarily 
scary for people who aren't from New York because it's massive. And um, I can't even tell you how many times when I was working and living in the city that I had to tell people from different states how to get places. <laughs> One time this group from South Carolina was lost on the downtown A train and I gave them three options to go to where they were going. They're like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was in New York in 2019 for a journalism conference. And I mean, it was kind of the same thing. Like I ended up like going to Brooklyn on my own accord from like the middle of Times Square. Cause that's where our <laughs> hotel was. And like, I, I go to, I found, uh, I was getting into Brooklyn easy. Like there was no problem there. I figured that out real quick. And then mm -hmm. after I went to like a Nets Cavs game or something, I was asking these people and they're just spitting letters at me. I said, can you just tell me which letter I need to get on like the <laughs> one and then I will figure it out. And they're like, yeah, just get on this train. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Right. And then I figured it out after that. But what, like one thing I love about New Yorkers from the time that I was there for three days or four days was like, if you ask anyone for directions, they'll either spit like 12 numbers at you or six <laughs> letters. Right. It, and it's no hesitation. It's like, how do you get to central park? Oh, you go up the 37th and blah, 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 blah. And then they're done. And they're like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> It literally didn't help me at all. It's true. I was very, see, I, <laughs> I worked at a golf course when I was in college and uh, up where I live in Rockland County. So I'm north of New York City, north and west. I'm across the Hudson River. And a lot of people from Queens would come to the golf course because it was only 20 bucks to play 18 holes. It was very cheap. It was a state run course and it was a nice course. Like it was, you know, taken care of like it was a country club. So a lot of people from Queens would come and I would tell them two different ways, either take the Tappan Zee Bridge or the George Washington Bridge. And um, I was always good at giving people directions because um, I always paid attention when my parents were driving me places because I love looking out the windows. One day I'm sitting at the uh, register by the window and this guy comes up to the window and he's like, are you the girl who gave me the directions about an hour ago? I said, yeah. And he slipped me a 20. <laughs> nice. He was like, thank you so much. You I said, I can't take this. He's like, no, 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 take it. And I was like, oh God. And I had to make sure my boss wasn't looking. And I, and I took the, yeah, because we weren't allowed to take tips. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm not a typical New Yorker because I was born in the city, raised in the suburbs, and then lived in the city when I was an adult. So I like to help people and actually explain which train lines to take. Like, I wouldn't just be like, all right, take the A to this. And blah, 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 blah. like, I actually, when I was telling the South Carolina people, I gave them the options and told them what to look for at the station. So they knew what they were doing because you can't just spit letters and numbers at people mm -hmm. um, because they'll be ending up in, you know, the, the Northern Bronx in like Woodlawn or something. If they take the four too far from, uh, Barclays be like yeah take the four to this and then you'd be like what <laughs> yeah so any last Yankees talk about anything in the 2021 season that you can expect from you can expect from your team expect anything from the AL East stuff like that well I would like for the Blue Jays to stop making moves I mean you know it's bad enough that we saw George Springer six times a year when he was on the Astros. Now we have to see him 19 times a year, and that's going to be torture. Um, I think that my biggest, and I've said this the past three seasons, and I hope I don't jinx them. Hold on. Um, health. They need to stay healthy. Um, I don't know how they make these guys stay healthy because a lot of the times 
they're pulling things and straining things and you know these guys are huge like you know you have Giancarlo Stanton who's just a giant and of course he's going to strain something if he runs if I see him playing the field then you know the Yankees are in rough shape yeah you know if he's not DHing then you know that the whole outfield is on the IL so the big thing for me every year the past few years is health they need to stay healthy um I don't know how the hell in 2019 with 30 guys on the IL they still won 103 games it's still I'm still in shock that that actually happened because any other team would have been barely like their nose would have been sticking out of the water that they were drowning in from having that many guys on the IL. I don't even think the pirates could sport a team if they had 30 guys on the IL. (laughs) You know, I I just need them to stay healthy. Um, I don't want them to be five games into the season and have Stanton judge and, um, I'll just say Stanton and Judge because those are the two big ones that always get injured. Um, I would like to, if it's May and they're still playing and they haven't been hurt, we might, it might be a good season for them. (laughs) You're in the American League, so we don't have to worry about you guys too much. But I mean, hey, the Pirates are probably going to win like 50 games this year. So I'll take each win with what I can get. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Today. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $528 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.